Welcome back to the JR Takes Podcast. As always, I'm Ryan Rogers, alongside Jonah Hoffman. Been a couple weeks, Jonah, and man, we're sitting here right now at 6-3 and three atop the NFC West, headed into a game that, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was thinking this would be a very, very difficult game to win, and it's not a gimme, but the Buccaneers kind of look like shit, and they barely just scraped by with a miracle comeback against the Rams who look terrible this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's looking like our uh, off season prediction of a win in Germany. It's not looking so dumb anymore. Is it? No, no, not at all. Uh, in fact, we're kind of looking dumb for underselling the Seahawks yeah. as far as wins and losses for the 2022 season. So yeah, it, I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of go into Germany. If we win great, if we lose, I mean, we sh- we're already doing better than expected anyway. So. Yeah. And I mean, it's a game that we can afford to lose and not have our playoff odds that affected by it. But here's the thing. I did not know this till today. Germany's favorite NFL team is the Seahawks. So this really? is, this is going to be a virtual home game, even I though it's a road know, game. I did know that Germany, for some reason, had a lot of Seahawks fans. I only know that because I remember, like, when I was listening to the radio, um, they had callers call in and oh and one of the local guys in munich was like we actually have a lot of seahawks fans over here so yeah uh to and i think that might have to do with just because i don't know seattle is really no idea why (laughs) seattle's borderline borderline southeast alaska so it's close to russia which is Close to Germany? I don't know. (laughs) Geographically, I don't know why they like the Seahawks, but... Yeah, it really... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense geographically, (laughs) for sure. But, hey, I mean... You saw that mural of Geno Smith painted on that tower. Was that real? I thought it was. I just thought someone, like, did that digitally, but I... Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. I saw it for, like, two seconds. uh, Like, European Instagram posted it along with the nfl so i was like oh this is cool Mm. but it's probably not real now that i think about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would be pretty insane if someone painted a giant mural of (laughs) geno smith in germany but it'd be cool um so let's let's back up a little bit because we've uh we've been busy we haven't been able to do an episode for a few weeks uh life has a way of doing that but uh back it up to where we left off the chargers game we did beat New Age Jay Cutler in mm-hmm. what was, I mean, basically a blowout win. The Seahawks just absolutely dominated that game. And one of my favorites of moments of this season so far was that bullshit false start penalty they called against us when the Chargers clearly jumped offsides. Mm-hmm. And Geno Smith is irate on the sideline. And Pete Carroll does this weird gesture to him to be like, all right, calm down, Geno. And then Gino, I think he hit like Noah Fant or DK for a third and 14 conversion. Mm-hmm. And then Gino looked over at the Chargers sideline and just started talking shit. I was just like, damn, we, that was one of the biggest like just mic drop plays I've seen out of this season. And I really think that after that Saints game, the Seahawks found something both offensively and defensively, because over the last four weeks, on this four game winning streak we've been on, we've literally had statistically the best defense in the NFL, which is insane considering they were 
the worst defense in the NFL not named Detroit before that. So mm-hmm. we basically went from worst to first after that um, Saints game. And the only real personnel change we've made besides putting Ryan Neal out on the field more is uh, the re-signing of Bruce Irvin, which, crazy enough, the guy just got a sack, his first sack in a Seattle uniform since 2015 this last mm-hmm. weekend. I think some of that just has to do with the attitude that Bruce Irvin plays with. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I think the uh, the I guess older gen Seahawk players really. How do I? It, it really seems like they're like even the guys that aren't on the team like so bought into what we're doing. Like if you've yeah. have you heard like Cam and KJ and even Sherman. Yeah, Sherman's like back on the Seattle bandwagon. It's yeah, really cool. yeah, it, it's it's really cool to see. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love Bruce's impact here. Uh, my question for you, actually, uh, kind of changed the topic a little bit, but I guess over the past three weeks, what would you what would you be inclined to say was like the most um, surprising, or I guess leading up to week nine, week ten, mm-hmm. uh, what has been the biggest surprise to you as far as? Um, categories of this Seahawk team we got like as far for example like Geno Smith the rookie draft class Mm. and Pete Carroll to be honest with you like we didn't think yeah he was I I mean he's not getting any younger so yeah (laughs) but he he doesn't look like he's aged a bit the way he acts on the sideline Mm -hmm. um but the to me the biggest surprise has been the improvement of the run defense because mm-hmm. it was a big concern through the preseason and through the first six games or so we were just getting ran on and it was really frustrating because um, heading into that Giants game I mean we we stopped the Chargers run <clears throat> pretty easily but they don't have I mean Eckler's more of a passing pass catching back um, but headed into the Giants game I'm like man the only chance the Giants have is if Saquon goes off and we really bottled them up. We held them mm-hmm. to less than three yards per carry. And what's what's interesting is the only changes we've made, um, like scheme wise, have been having Cody Barton less on the field. Which not only does the, the impacts of that are twofold: a he doesn't have as much opportunity to be in coverage where he's the weakest, but also he's been playing a lot better since he's been on the field less, not being asked to do so much. So mm-hmm. I think I think they found a good rule for Cody Barton to have him not you know be the problem that he was for a few weeks there. Right. Um. But beyond that, just guys are playing more disciplined. Like everyone, even Josh Jones, who I was eviscerating on this podcast a few weeks ago, he played a really good game this last weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, it seems like part of it is schematic, but most of it is just this team had some sort of like come to Jesus moment after that Saints game. I think they just needed time. Yeah, I agree. Honestly. And you were saying that I was being a little more pessimistic about it just because the last, the previous two seasons, the improvement never really came in a substantive way on the defense. Don't get me wrong. I was concerned. Mm. I did think that they would come together because everyone is so young on our defense, but I was like, okay, I at least remember with the, 2011 and the 2012 teams like 
I had a I had a sense of something special brewing, mm-hmm. and I didn't really feel that in the beginning of the year. Like the first three games, I was like, okay, I thought we were supposed to be like promising. I felt here? something starting in the Lions game, uh-huh. but only for the offense. Um, starting with the first Cardinals game, that was the first glimpse. That of was like, the first time I was like, oh, I didn't think we were going to win this game. Cool. Yeah. And so just to kind of wrap up the last couple of games, because they've they've oddly enough been really similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we, we talked about the Chargers a bit. That was just kind of a complete domination, which let it be known. I might have said it before in this podcast, but I'll say it again. Uh, I think the Chargers are so overrated. I agree. Everyone picked them to win the Super Bowl this year. I they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to make it again. So interestingly enough. Uh, Uchenna Nuosu, who we signed and the Chargers let walk to get, um, what's his name? Um, Khalil Mack? Yes. He's playing way better than Khalil Mack this year. He has yeah. seven sacks. He leads the league in pressures. Like, Uchenna has been an all-pro type of player for us. The mm-hmm. Chargers let him walk and gave Khalil Mack a ton of money. So that's just another feather in John uh, Schneider's cap there. But, yeah, having watched the Chargers up close... Um, for three hours a few times now i i'm really not that impressed with their offense or their defense they're <clears throat> they seem like one of those teams where you bring in a bunch of offseason acquisitions on like on the defensive side of mm-hmm. the ball for example and on paper it looks really good but just because you bring in a bunch of free agents who've had success otherwhere or other places doesn't exactly warrant that yeah. to happen when they all come it kind of reminds me of that eagles team in like 2010 or something they were mm-hmm. calling the dream team and then they went like seven and nine <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you remember that that was a while ago but um uh, yeah and uh so that that game w- went about as good as expected we kind of just looked like a dominant team in that game mm-hmm. but the following week i felt was our first real test because although i think the giants record is better than what they actually are as a team they're a bit of an overachiever this year they're still they still have a good defense and saquon barkley was running the ball really well and honestly daniel jones was not playing bad i I don't care how fast Jalen jones runs i don't care how athletic he proclaims to be because he ran down the field faster than anyone at the season's current point and then fell on his face I think he's bad, and I, I've I always thought he's bad, <laughs> and I knew that we were going to go into that game and win because I knew Pete Carroll, who is way smarter than me, has to know that, that yeah. Daniel Jones is not good, and if you want to be the Giants, you got to have Daniel Jones beat you because Saquon will, so yeah. you have to stop him. What was crazy about that game is I think Daniel Jones had like 30 passing yards at halftime. Like, we completely stymied them and the only reason why they were in that game was their defense was putting forward a spirited effort the Mm -hmm. the giants came to play in that game and for a long time i was like ah this feels like this game is going to be one of those games that we should win but the other team uglies the game up enough to where we lose it but we just closed and that's kind of been the motto for the seahawks this year in about four games now is you know, we get to a one score game in the fourth quarter and we have a lead and so many years prior with Wilson and the LB, like we ran into situations like that and blew it at the end of the game. <clears throat> um, we are a closing team on offense this year. Well, and to kind of go off of that, I remember last year when the <clears throat> when the Bengals were making that run in the playoffs, I remember I was talking with uh, Dylan about uh, 
we were just talking about the Bengals and who we wanted to win. And Troy Aikman, Dylan was telling me he was listening to like a podcast with Troy Aikman, and he was mentioning how the reason why the Cowboys in the 90s, why they started winning all these Super Bowls was because they they hadn't ever lost a big game. Mm. They they just won their first Super Bowl, and then they were so young and at their core, like they didn't really know what that pain was. Yeah, <clears throat> And I, I kind of feel like maybe we have potential to do something like that because everyone on our team is so young. Yeah. They don't really, they're kind of... I saw a stat that we've <clears throat> had over like 2,500 <laughs> snaps played from rookies this yeah. season, which by far leads the league. And I mean, people are starting to recognize that the national media is starting to say this is like the best draft class in a while. And we were saying to our credit, I mean, go back, listen to our podcast. We were elated after the Seahawks draft class just because on paper it looked so good. But Mm -hmm. what's crazy is, I mean, our first six picks in that draft are all either starters or play significant snaps on this team. Mm -hmm. It's and even our last pick, Derek Young, he's getting kind of a lot of playing time due to the injuries we've had to Marquise Goodwin and Eskridge and some other things. Just he, by looking at Derek Young, I'm surprised he's not on the field more just because I, he's like, he has a DK build. I would love to see us do a sweep, like a jet sweep with him or just like mm-hmm. a screen or something. Cause he, he has that type of build and the athleticism to where I think he could make some yard after the catch opportunities. And yeah, that's, the one thing in our offense right now that's not really a factor because DK normally has three guys tackling him immediately. Right. Um, and Tyler, I mean, you, we all know what Tyler does when he catches a pass. So, um, but uh, another thing that has surprised me going back a little bit is our three tight end sets, just the core of tight ends that we have are fucking excellent this mm-hmm. year. I and agree. It's like, it's like collectively all three of them form one really good tight end because individually each one of them isn't blowing up the the stat board or anything, but Will Disley's got almost 300 yards on like 20 catches and three touchdowns this season. Noah Fant, a little bit more yards, um, but less touchdowns. And Colby Parkinson has, I think, two touchdowns. And he about two or three times a, d- a game, he catches a pass and turns up a field for like 10 yards and, that's I mean, that's a great play that moves the offense and something that's so just nice to watch about the Geno Smith led offense is, yeah, we don't have a bunch of huge explosive plays, but we keep hitting the 12 yard pass, the 14 yard pass, the 17 yard pass, the eight yard pass. Like mm-hmm. he just hits the guy that's open like 78 percent of the time or whatever his completion percentage that leads the league well and to me the obvious common denominator between geno smith and russell wilson and the way our offense looks now is i can't really remember the last time we had like back-to-back three and outs yeah we don't go three and out anymore and we are great on third down suddenly and how how many times this season have you heard the media or the narrative in denver be complaining about either three and outs or not getting the playoff. Into. Yeah, it's and it, those were our two biggest issues. I always thought it was Bevel. I always thought it was, you know, uh, Brian Schoenheimer, I, Waldron. I was like, fired him last year. I'm, it's, I mean, Wilson and what he was good at, he's like one of the best ever. But the things, the downsides to Russell Wilson are real. And as he's getting older, they're becoming more of a problem. And you're the downside seeing that to Russell Wilson is his ego is getting in the way of his success. Yeah. I agree. 
Uh, Denver got a win in London against the Jaguars. Still an ugly win against a bad team. So I'm pretty confident. In fact, I'm just going to go out and say we will get a top 12 pick with Denver's uh, first round pick this year. I have no doubts in saying that, especially because the Broncos haven't even hit the hard part of their schedule yet. They still have to play the Chiefs. Their twice. final six games are brutal. They're, they literally might drop all of those or go one and five. So the fact that they already have five losses, like seven and ten, is their ceiling. Mm-hmm. And that last year was a top ten pick. So it's looking pretty damn good. But uh, what is even crazier about the Russell Wilson trade beyond the picks is Shelby Harris, a guy that I had not heard of but was a part of the trade. Dude, he's one of our best defensive players. He's made some flash plays. You go back to the Giants game, that play where he chased down Daniel Jones when he was running up the sideline was, mm-hmm. like, insane. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we made the trade to give Russ to the Broncos. I remember mm-hmm. reading a bunch of uh, Bronco fan comments and, you know, the uh, reactions there and all the the general consensus was, damn, we're all going to miss Shelby Harris. And I yeah. was like, oh, I don't even know who that is, but I like reading that. It because... reminded me of when we traded for Quandre Diggs from the Lions. I uh-huh. hadn't heard of him, but Lions fans were, like, pissed uh-huh. that we did that. So I, I think John Schneider does a really good job of recognizing some underheralded uh, players from the national media that are important parts of their team when he goes after trades. Well, like. I think we do way better going after the Uchenna Nuosus and the Shelby Harrises of the world than we do like the Jimmy Grams or the the uh, what the hell was that guy's name? The Danny I, I don't remember his name. That defensive lineman we traded for in 2017 that played like 10 games for us and went to another team. Um, Shelton. Shel- Shelton something. Uh, was it Shelton Harris? Shel- no, that's the guy from South Kitsap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was Let's that, just move on. That was that guy that rapped that song with campaign. Oh at that yeah, party. Anyway, we'll cut that. Um, but, I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, that's just for Chris. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, Shelby Harris has been fantastic, and I think he has like three sacks on the season. But more so, the running plays and just the general pressure he's causing back there from. The three four end position, which normally is, you don't get a lot of stats from that spot on the D line, but uh, he looks fantastic. Um, so that trade just looks better and better by the day. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I think um, I think it's easy and safe to say we won that trade, and it's it's not going to change. Like, okay, maybe Russell cleans up his game, and maybe they win a Super Bowl with him. Who knows? But I still, even if they win a Super Bowl like next year or something, like I, because of how this year has gone, it's already one of the greatest trades like ever mm-hmm. for I agree. from Seattle's perspective. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> uh, another thing I was going to bring up that has happened in the last few weeks is for the month of October, we had NFC Offensive Player of the Month, Offensive Rookie of the Month, month and Defensive Rookie of the Month. Mm-hmm. The trifecta that has never happened before. I know. It just goes to show how special this rookie class is. I know, you know, the 2010, the 2011, and the 2012 drafts were all-time great drafts for Seattle, but if things keep going the way they're going, I mean, this 2022 NFL draft class for the Seahawks is probably going to be the best in franchise history just because Mm -hmm. 
not only are all these guys playing and contributing, but all of them are playing at an above-average NFL starter level. Some of them, like Kenneth Walker, he looks like one of the best running backs in the league right now. Mm-hmm. He is His shiftiness is, is mind-boggling. I don't know how he gets yards on some of these carries because the run blocking hasn't been fantastic. Well, and, <clears throat> yeah, uh, as far as, like, the trifecta goes, I really think... I have a theory that I feel like every five years or so, give or take roughly, just a, an approximate time period, I feel like the NFL has a, a weird way of resetting itself and having like a, 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 a just a very strange season because of, you know, Change. teams, turnover, all that. And it really seems like every five years is around that time t- table because if you think about it. That would have been who, 2017. Who, and who won the Super Bowl that year? The, the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Nick Foles. Who thought that was going to happen? That was the I mean, they end had of the good, Legion of Boom, too. They had a good record, but even still, like... Nick Foles. <laughs> and and Carson went. Like, I don't know. It, it's just, Carson Wentz hasn't been good since then, so... And uh, five years before that, the Ravens. Yeah. And then f- four to five years before that, the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl and almost won the thing. On yeah. A, on and a then nine the year before record. that, the Giants won it against the undefeated Patriots. So. Yeah, so... Yeah. That's a good point. I haven't really thought about that, but we may be on that five-year cycle of yeah. The I mean, look at the way the look at the dynamic of the season right now. Uh, Seahawks just beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals are basically dead in the division. Um, we have a two and a half game lead, comfortable lead. Rams look like shit. Uh, 49ers game is going to be tough, but there's a very very good chance Seattle's eleven and six at the end of the season and I, first place in the NFC West. I think that. <clears throat> I think the Niner game is going to be tough, but I I do think that we are a way different team than the first time oh, we yeah. played them. We, I think it's almost like a uh, the 2012 feeling when we played them the first time. We lost pretty like soundedly. It was like a yeah. We we didn't. We only lost 13 to seven, right? Yeah. But, we, but it was not a. We could not score points is, in that game. It was game. not a winnable game. Yeah. Uh, and then later on in the year, we won 42 to 13 against them. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think we're going to get the win. Well, I think our G, our defense is going to give Jimmy G way <laughs> tougher of a time than he had in week two of this season. Well, our defense was awful against them earlier. They're playing at an elite level right now, and. If they can get pressure the way we have been on Jimmy G, I think he's going to throw like three interceptions. Mm-hmm. And Gino and the offense are also playing much, much better than when we went into um, what's I don't even remember the uh, Santa Clara. Um, so I, I like our odds a lot more. And I, and I still think they're a team that's getting a little overrated just because their defense has so much talent. But like. And I guess the McCaffrey thing, but there's a very good chance he's going to get hurt in the next three weeks. So, yeah, um, I'm not sweating it too much. But I think the winner of that game is more than likely going to win the division because the 49ers have a pretty easy schedule coming up. However, they did lose to the Bears. So you can the Broncos. They're such a weird team. You can never count them as absolute favorites because as long as Jimmy G is their quarterback, they are not going to be world beaters. Yeah, I he's just not good. I've been saying this for five years now. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills uh, every time I see them ranked so highly. But uh, anyways, um, looking at the conference as a whole, I mean, you have the Giants and the Cowboys, both uh, good records. I think one loss teams, the Eagles and the Vikings 
But A, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. They will not win a playoff game. B, we already showed we're a much better team than the Giants. The Vikings, as long as Kirk Cousins is their quarterback, like I think they'll win a lot of games but not win big ones. So I look at the the dynamic of this conference right now, and the only two teams that actually scare me are the Eagles and the 49ers. We just went over how I really feel about the 49ers right now, but man, if we if we can get to the end of this is I'm getting way ahead of myself, <clears throat> but realistically. Being in the NFC Championship in Philadelphia against the Eagles, it's not that far-fetched of a thought at this point. It could totally happen, and they look like a better team than us right now, but playoffs are crazy. The better team does not always win. Upsets happen. All it takes is a weird bounce of a punt or something, and we can... I also really don't hope that this is uh, yet again another season where Tom Brady like waltzes his way through the playoffs oh my to God. another Super Bowl. Because the fact that they're <clears throat> four and five and division leaders it just makes me sick. Not to mention, like, I feel like uh, if these teams keep if if we keep the seeds on the teams that are winning, like Tom Brady could end up playing like Kirk Cousins as yeah. like or. Daniel Jones, I don't know. He's the luckiest fucking quarterback that's ever played football at any level. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, sure, he's the GOAT. He's also the luckiest of all time. He's the LOAT. (laughs) And that's just a, I mean, the tuck rule. How many fucking plays can we pull out that have aided Tom Brady in 20 whatever years that, yeah. Anyways, fuck Tom Brady. (laughs) Also, luck. Um, he cheated multiple times, so I wouldn't call that luck. I would just call that being it's a cheater. It's true. Sorry, Tom. Lucky cheater. Sorry, Tom. You're never coming on our podcast, buddy. <laughs> He's going to, like, sue us somehow. <laughs> he, he needs the money. F- well, not that he's going to get any money from us, but he's got a divorce to pay for now. Yeah. Anyway, so on the topic of Tom Brady... uh, the game in Germany this week. I really, really like our chances in this game. Their passing offense is anemic. Their rushing offense is even worse. Uh, the defense you, is. You don't. You're not worried about 27 pound overweight Leonard Fournette. Not particularly. Okay. Um, and on the other side of the ball, like yeah, I think their defense is solid, but I think we've played better units. Um, for whatever reason, the Cardinals' defense always plays really well against us. Mm-hmm. Um, the Forty ers defense is much better than theirs. I I see no reason why we can't win this game. And God, wouldn't it be awesome to just blow them out like thirty eight to ten or something? I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like a twenty seven seventeen Seahawks win is 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 my prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that worries me is they did just get an emotional win. <laughs> Maybe that lights some fire in the team and they start playing better. But I mean, we're at the point in the season now where teams kind of are what they are for the most part. And I think the 49ers or sorry, the Buccaneers are just a mediocre NFL team and we are a good team. And I think the good team more off wins more often than not. So, well, when they won the Super Bowl too, they were already the oldest team in the league. Mm-hmm. So that was two years ago. Yeah, I I'm think getting younger. <laughs> I think how much uh, with how much issues their offense has been having too, it really shows how great uh, Rob Gronkowski was and how important he was to that team. Yeah, and I mean, not to mention him and Tom Brady are like best friends. Yeah. So I'm surprised Gronk didn't come back, but I mean, if 
his body's got to be hurting after taking so many hits over the years. Yeah. Um, but, I just uh, think about that Earl Thomas hit. That's what I was... Punctured his lung. That's what I was going to bring up, Fuck too. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it sucks Earl went off the deep end because he was, he was one of my favorite players. Yeah. Well, Jonah, uh, that's about all I got for this one. Um, yeah, quick shout out to the... Uh, we never give them any love ever. I don't even think we've mentioned them once on our podcast, but the Kraken have been playing really well. Yeah. I've just... I haven't been, I've only watched one game this season. Uh, it's just kind of hard to... With my work schedule. Don't yeah. get to see a lot of games, but... Um, I guess they well. I was looking at the record. They're like seven, four, and two. Hmm. But hockey's standings are weird because they don't count an overtime win or loss as a win or a loss. It's its own category. That's bizarre. I, it's like ties. I don't know. But uh, yeah, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Kraken because they've been playing good, and I've noticed, and I've been like, oh, that'd be kind of cool if we made the playoffs. Yeah, they they definitely deserve the shout out. I don't even know enough about hockey to have any other comment besides go crack and I like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair though. We didn't grow up with hockey in our region. Yeah. So I mean, why would we be fucking hockey aficionados or gurus? Uh, give us five years and we'll we'll be talking just as much cracking on here. <laughs> I mean probably not, but <laughs> Yeah, probably not. But who knows? Yeah. Well, all right, that's all I had for this one. We will see you after the game in Germany. And uh, we are planning on doing, uh, hopefully, some video uh, yes. video recording soon, so you'll, you'll get to see the face to the voice. Indeed. Yes. Look forward to that in an undetermined amount of time, but it's coming. Hopefully within the next month. Yes. But, uh, all right. Yep, sounding off. Thanks for listening.